Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm Cardelia Reed, your spiritual life coach. Thank you for joining. Um, I hope the weather is not bad wherever you are today. It's, you know, it is like um, mid-March here in Atlanta. And, you know, technically we can't complain because the truth is, even though it's a little nippy outside, it's not like in the Northeast where there's a ton of snow. So I hope and pray wherever you are, you have power, you're safe, and you're warm. So, and let's just try to get some motivation going with this show. The title of this show is called How to Embrace Life. And I have to tell you about this title. I came up with it because there's been so much going on in my life that um, I said, you know, I can't just keep this to myself. I've got to share it. Uh, one of the first things you want to think about when you talk about how to embrace life, you want to think about how do you define success? And remember, as believers, we do not define success as the way of the world define success. We define success based on what the Bible tells us and how, uh, you know, God loves us and how we love everybody else. If you go with me to 1 John 2, 15, it says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So I say all that to say that I don't think you're going to find anybody in this world that does not define success by how much money they have in the bank, by their job, by the number of kids they have, or just by how big their house is. Everybody defines success like that. Truly, you stick out when you start looking at success as being a totally different thing. So define what success means to you. I will tell you what it means to me. Success means for me, naturally, when I get up in the morning, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not always in the best mood. So I literally have to go and pray for about an hour. After I've spent an hour in prayer, and I kid you not, I feel very successful. Only because then I feel stronger and I know that God has given me what I need to conquer the day. If I don't spend that hour time, one thing I have found is that I'm reacting to the day versus being proactive. I'm very busy. I'm trying to hurry up and get from one thing to the next. I'm, I'm making decisions quick here and there. And I'm really not feeling up to par. I'm just doing, doing, doing. So you have to take time out to figure out how you're going to start your day and how you define success in your day. But that's my first definition of success. Now, another thing that God has been really dealing with me on is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So let me make sure I, I say that first part again. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, how do you embrace life unless you understand what the desires of your heart are and you have to go back and delight yourself in the Lord? So I keep hearing a lot of ministers say, God will give you the desires of your heart. God will give you the desires of your heart. And it's the truth because I keep reminding myself of the things that I truly want. But then I have to go ask myself, have I delighted myself in the Lord? Have I done that? And what does that mean? Am I loving toward others? Am I showing the love that Jesus wants me to show towards other people? And am I loving the Lord the same? And um, that's something I always have to define on a daily basis. Am I kind to others even when they're not kind to me? Okay. Also, am I practicing the act of dying to self daily, knowing that my daily walk is not about me. It is about Christ. That is how you delight yourself in the Lord. Now let's go back. He will give you the desires of your heart. So I have to ask myself, Cordelia, have you done those things today? 
And are you wondering why there is a delay in God giving you the desires of your heart? Well, if you look at those couple of things, I promise you, you'll start coming up with some answers. Now, I once heard this politician tell me, he said, Cordelia, you know, I've been running for office for several, several chance times and I, I didn't win. And I go back and I talk to God and say, God, you put this in me. You put this dream in me. Know that what God starts in your life, he will finish. What he promises, he will finish. And his word will not return to him void. Okay? So there is no coincidence that you want to be the next president of the United States. I'm using that as an example. I know that's a big one, but that's not a coincidence, okay? Because only you and God, you know, you know what's in your heart. There's something you want to do that's not there yet. There's no coincidence that you want to own your own island. These are really big things, and I know these are materialistic things, but these are things we believe God for every single day. Um, I remember when I first decided I was going to go in healthcare. I remember the Holy Spirit telling me take a leap of faith. It was either go in healthcare or go strictly in business. And I remember thinking, gosh, I, you know, I hadn't truly enjoyed the industry as much as I thought I would. But God said, you know what? I want you to stay in healthcare because what He started, He will complete. So know that whatever dream that you have in your heart, God placed it there for a reason. But He wants you to learn to be dependent on Him for that. This is how you embrace life. As a believer, you have to know what's in you and know why it is in you. Another good example I want to tell you is that I remember when um, Barack Obama was running for president. And this was a big one. I know this is a big one for everybody. And I'll never forget there was this big falling out between him and his minister. And one of the things the minister got on TV, he said, what God has for Barack is for Barack. What God has for me is for me. And that's how it's supposed to be. And at that time, people didn't know if Barack was going to be the president or not. But the second that minister said that, I really did believe that he was going to be the president because the minister knew that that was his journey in life. He was not trying to take over Barack's journey. Now, where am I going with this? Here's the point that I'm trying to make. Be clear with yourself about your dreams. Don't compare yourself to anybody else's life. You understand? No matter how big the dream is, no matter how crazy it seems, be clear about what you want your dreams to be. Do not be double-minded in um, what you're trying to do in your life. James 1.8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So lots of times when we are believing God to give us the desires of our heart, Sometimes we're just not clear about what we want because we're constantly looking at other people. We're comparing ourselves to other people. Then maybe sometimes that's why it's not there. That's why we haven't gotten that. How do we feel the most that life has to offer if we are not clear and even honest with ourselves about where we're going? So you have to be focused about those things. Uh, be honest with yourself also about what possibly could be hindering you. You know, I say that because right now, just as, as you are, I, I'm believing God for certain things to occur in my life. And with that, I had to go and ask the Holy Spirit. I said, God, what is hindering me? What What is causing a delay in me receiving this breakthrough? Because clearly I can see it, but it just seems like I can't touch it. What's, what's truly holding me back? So just as sure as I ask that question... God starts opening up things to me about, you know, you got to learn how to speak out in truth and be bold with people. Being silent is one of those things where you're making a choice, but I'm not sure if I'm praising God 
or being all I can be or even embracing the best that life has to offer if I'm not being truthful and honest and open. Those are things that where my breakthrough is. Now, once again, this is my breakthrough. This is this is what I'm believing God for. And that's for a true bigger ministry. This is for me. I've got to learn how to walk and be okay in that ministry. Maybe with you, you're believing God for a mansion up on the hill in Beverly Hills. (laughs) Maybe you're believing God for that. But maybe God's saying, hey, wait a minute. you got to learn how to manage your money. Even millionaires and billionaires have to learn to be on a budget. This is what embracing life is all about. You've got to know what's going on that's preventing you from getting to where you are. And you've got to be open and honest in your dialogue with Christ. Now, I'm going to stop right here because I think I just said something. A lot of us are praying to God about something. We're constantly asking God about something in life, right? Well, how about we ask God what he wants us to do for him? Now, this is not the most popular thing. (laughs) It's not popular by no means. Because what happens is, if we dare, if we have the audacity to ask that question, be prepared for the answer that he's going to give you. It's not going to be popular, it's not going to be comfortable, and it's not going to be something that you always want, okay? But this is what it takes to embrace the life that God has for you and to embrace the purpose and the reason that he has placed you here on this earth. Here's a good example. You're going to love this one. Um, There's this documentary out uh, called Fury. I think it's called Furious Love. And um, once again, the things that God asks us to do, they're not the most popular things. It's not going to put you on uh, TV all the time. It's not going to make you a celebrity, okay? Uh, but you just got to trust him and, and know that he, he knows where he wants to take you. And that's the most important thing. It's not about you. Remember, you just told him that it's not about yourself. It's about him, right? That's what we talked about earlier. There's this man in India. He lives in a very small village on this documentary, Furious Love. He said, God wakes him up at 4 o'clock every single morning and tells him to walk to another village and preach to them about what Christ wants them to do with their lives. Now, here's the thing. He can, uh, God can tell him to do that. Number one, he has to obey. So he is obedient. He walks to that village in the day. This man can barely walk, okay? He can barely walk. But he finds a way and he walks about two miles to this other village. And he's talking to these men that are carrying machine guns about Christ. And these people come over to him and they listen to him. And they're thinking, wait, wait a minute, he has something good to say. Okay, so he was obedient. He allowed God to wake him up. And he kind of put his life in risk. You can say his life is there. He got people in machine guns listen to him talk about Christ. That's not popular. So a lot of times when God tells us to do things, it's not going to be something that we want to do. It's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be, God, are you sure you want me to do that? That's how you're going to feel. But you can find any example in, in the Bible, and they all felt the same way. But when you start doing that gladly, you are on your way to embracing the best life. I can promise you the best life that Christ has for us. So, how about, here's something, how about those people that already have a lot of money, that are already rich, that are successful by the way the world defines success? What are they asking God for? What do they believe in God for? I'm going to go back to what I just talked about earlier, and we talked about love. And love is the one thing that Christ identifies with us, because Christ is love. Now, you don't need me to tell you that there are many people out there 
very, very, very materially rich that are lacking in this area. Um, you know, the example of the, the rich man in the Bible that was, you know, he talked to God and God said, he asked God, what do you want me to do? And God said, give all that you have to the poor. And, you know, it wasn't about him just losing everything he had. It was about him trusting God. God could replace that any time he wanted to. He could have given him double. And we know how the story ended. At the end of the day, he did just that. He was obedient. In his obedience, he was blessed. The point that I'm trying to make to you is that being rich and having all the money and having this success does not necessarily mean that you have embraced all that life has to offer. Until you're able to feel that true love, the true love that God puts in us, the true love that everybody wants and needs and sing about, the true love that everybody is longing for or they feel that they're missing, you're not experiencing the best that life has to offer. You're not embracing the best things in life. So I'm going to go to Psalm 73.3. And what it says is that, For I was envious and foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And what that simply says is exactly what we see a lot on TV. How often do you watch TV or how often do you, um, you know, I live in Atlanta. And the area of town I live in, it's nothing to see um, what a Bitly or a Maserati or uh, something where you're like, whoa, wait a minute, or a Porsche or something like that. How often do you get envious of people driving those kinds of cars? You know, um, and I'm not saying I stay in this ritzy area. I'm just saying that in Atlanta, Atlanta is very big and people live all over the place. And, you know, I live over here near the studios. And so you see all kinds of stuff that people are able to embrace and, and, and just love about the material things in life. And how often do you find yourself thinking, hmm, I wish I had that? Or how did they get that? Well, do you know anything about these people or how they're living their lives or who they are or what they deal with at three o'clock in the morning or what happened to them as a child? Do you know anything about their lives? This is why the Bible says, for I was envious of the, and foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. At the end of the day, I know so many people that love to say that life will be a lot better if I just had more money. I just had more prosperity if I was just a little bit more famous people would just recognize me a lot better and then you find out that the ones that do have that recognition really aren't as happy are they how do they live their lives on half happy <laughs> or how do they live their lives half embracing what all that God's happening I'm gonna tell you it's a lot of people out there living off minimum capacity and that's why they're so miserable and you don't have to be one of those people you embrace life by giving into or opening up yourself to everything that God has for you. And number one is that innate ability to receive and to give love. I'm going to tell you, you got that part down, everything else follows. Matter of fact, I was just in church on Sunday and the pastor talked a lot about how the important, is, important it is to embrace uh, relationships, have that foundational relationship not only just with Christ, but even in your marriage and in your home. And when you've got those things down, this is why the enemy is always trying to destroy the home. When you've got those things down, everything else in your life follows. That caused me to take a really good look at my life. And um, I will tell you, I grew up in a, you know, a great home environment. Um, but you know that I was always, as I talked to you about my other podcast, I grew up under um, terrible demonic attacks. Uh, for a lot, and this went into my adulthood. Now, 
one of the things that the enemy tried to do in my life um, from the second I got married was attack my marriage. And one thing I always knew that was in me was ministry. So if he could attack my marriage, which is a foundation, he can destroy my ministry. You know, matter of fact, um, it took a, a terrific prophetic person that happens to be sitting here with me right now to help me understand that I, I have an audience. I'm so excited on what to do. But this particular person gave me a word once and it helped me to understand no matter where you go in life or with your ministry, if you don't have that foundation apart right with your family and your marriage, then everything else is null and void. And it's very, very true. I want you to understand that this is why a lot of us are walking around here um, with broken home environments and we're, we're struggling and trying to make it work at work and we're struggling trying to make it work in other areas of our finances. There's so much going on at home that we just don't deal with. If you want to embrace life, go back to the foundation of love. Go back to the foundation of what's in the, the, um, the walls of your home. What's going on there? If you can build it up there, then you have built yourself a nice big mansion on the hills. It don't have to be Beverly Hills. <laughs> it can be anywhere else. But, um, you know, the last thing I want to leave you with is just a, a, a prayer. And, you know, um, I'm getting very close to the end, but I want to leave you with a prayer. And um, one of the things I, I talked to you about earlier is that, you know, I, I get up in the morning and I pray for about an hour. Can I, that sounds like a cliche and sounds real good. Now, I just started doing this about three months ago because <laughs> I just got real serious about my ministry. I've been serious about it for probably the last two years, but I've been buckling down a lot more in the last several months. And one of the reasons is that is that God, that we just go through these transitions where God just wants to spend more and more time with us. I got a prophetic word from someone that said, hey, you're going to have to start setting the clock back. Because these things have been causing, causing you a lot of stress during the day. God wants to spend time with you. And when you spend that time with God, these things will cause you less and less stress. And the truth is, he was right. I started spending that time um, in the spirit with God and then praying more about, you know, setting the atmosphere and God going forth, setting the pace for my day. And things got a lot easier for me. So my prayer for you is that you're able to go out throughout your day and conquer. But before you do, you ask God to go there before you and set the environment before you, lay the red carpet out for you. Whoever it is that's coming against you at work, because I know you got to get up in the morning and go to work. I don't care what you're doing. You're probably working because you want to work. You know, what else would you be doing with your life, right? Unless you're just sitting down and listening to this podcast, which I hope you're doing. <laughs> but anyway, if you um, are one of those people that's at work and you've got people coming against you, you're in direct conflict, you're at war every time you go to work and you're very stressed out, which I know a lot of leadership, you're stressed out. Say the prayer in the morning. Um, I ask God to go ahead of you and set the way for you. You can't do this on your own. Stop trying to do it on your own. Allow God to come in. I have this book that I read. I have many, many inspirations books. And one of them talks about Jesus and leadership at work. And he talks about how um, there's an example of a man saying, God is nowhere in this because this is a very screwed up situation. But when someone else comes back, I say, but God is all over this. He's the one that's allowing this to take place. Yes, he allows it because he wants you to know to not do that on your own. Allow him to go forth, to go ahead of you, excuse me, and, and conquer that for you. And just believe that he will do that and pray about it and claim it in the name of Jesus. Don't ask, don't be doubtful, don't be skeptical, don't get discouraged, but claim it in the name of Jesus. And watch what happens. Even if you spend five to ten minutes just doing that every morning, see what a difference that makes throughout your day. I had the opportunity, I went to a very large healthcare conference last week out in Vegas and I talked to many um, people that were in leaderships at their jobs. A lot of them were very stressed out. 
a lot of them, they were not talking, um, doing a, a, a conference session, a breakout session. They were talking on the phone. They were talking about work. I'm thinking, when did you ever sit down and just sit some time and have some time to yourself? A lot of us don't because we're constantly going and going and going. That is not embracing the best that life can offer. It's always good to take a step back, sit down, embrace what God has for you, and know you're not doing it on your own. Invite him in and watch how different situations become. Okay, that's my time. It's been 20 minutes. <laughs> I want to um, let you remember, you can look me up on YouTube, Cardelia Reed. Some of my interviews are there. Send me an email. Give me your feedback. Love at Cardelia.com. I'm on YouTube. YouTube. You know what? I sit here. I talk so much. I tell you, you can talk 20 minutes and a tongue twist is going to sneak in some kind of way. I'm on iTunes, <laughs> Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Um, I, I love to write. I love to speak. I look forward to having you next time. Remember, if nothing else, Jesus loves you, and so do I.